Hey everybody, I'm Boogie. I'm Head. And this is Block Talk. We are Cement Block Productions. We're a small production company, minority owned by the way, that helps small businesses grow their social media platform. And this is our podcast. Me and TJ have been friends for quite some time and we met in the craziest of places. Yeah, prison. <laughs> so, you know, we're doing it just to, you know, further everything for us business-wise and, you know, just trying to stay out the way. It's entertainment. It's fun. That's all it is. Yeah. And we cover a wide range of topics. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I like to say the three S's. Sports, society, and simps. Because we got a problem with all three. And you realize that me and Head agree on a lot, but there are some things that we will just not see eye to eye on. And that's fine, because that's part of podcasting. Anyway, we hope you enjoy the episode and you continue to enjoy it. And uh, follow us on Instagram at cementblock underscore productions, on TikTok, on Instagram, all that good jazz. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe the video on YouTube also. Yeah, if you want to follow us personally, my Instagram is da underscore honcho, H-O-N-C-H-O-5-9. And with that, enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up? All right, brother. So uh, I'm just going to introduce us, and then I'm going to start introducing you, and then the podcast will be started, brother. All right, let's do it, man. Here we go. Can you hear me well? Can you yes, hear me? sir. Can you hear me okay. perfect? All right, sweet. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Block Talk. I'm Boogie. I'm Hancho. And today we have a very special guest. As you can hear from the intro song, if you listen to the audio, we got a bad motherfucker right now joining us on the podcast, man, via a phone call right now, because unfortunately he can't be here in person. But an MMA uh, trainer, MMA teacher, an author, podcaster, all-around bad man, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Thomas. What up? Snap, Thanks snap, for snap. Me, <laughs> Hey, Josh, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How are y'all? Doing great, man. Doing good, great. Good. How you doing, man? What you out there doing right now? Oh, man, I'm straight chilling right now, man. My, uh, my girl and my daughter are actually jumping on the trampoline right now, and I'm um, directly like across from them so i can see them at like the corner of my eye you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gotta gotta keep an eye on them huh? <laughs> That's yeah, so listen i just want to start off real quick with a question because i i do have a question real quick so here we do talk about like dating and stuff like that on the podcast so i didn't i know you're a you're a girl dad so yeah. i just want your opinion on something when your I, girl gets to the uh ripe old age of let's hope you know 32 and starts <laughs> dating uh <laughs> Uh, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to your daughter when she starts dating? Oh man, well, like, cause, like, I so I'm divorced. Uh, yeah. Her, her mother and I, we were separated, and we still get along really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, maybe don't rush anything. Maybe that probably that probably be my number one piece of advice is don't rush anything, cause I feel like, I feel like a lot of uh, like Sadie's mom and I's like relationship was kind of rushed, like not on our own time. So I, I feel like you know that's probably really good advice. Don't force anything. Don't rush anything. Don't. I don't maybe I, I mean hell in in you know thirty years shit. Maybe just throw them on like some sort of website. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Check them out. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a fundamental belief, man. When it comes to relationships, I think people get into relationships too quickly. So I, I think that there should be like a six month to a year just dating period where y'all just kind of trying to figure out each other to be like, okay, is this person worth, you know, I, I hate to say the word worth, but like, is this person worth being with and worth investing my time and you know, for a man like giving my last name and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It uh, it's weird. Well, dating's weird now too because like everything's so convenient now uh like you can literally like when i lived in michigan i could fucking order weed and just have it delivered like i would never even have to leave my house like everything and i feel like people hang on to like those instant moments um so i don't know it, it's weird man yeah it's, it's definitely throw it off and then just imagine like when your daughter starts the technology's gonna be like all crazy and stuff like that a lot of people don't gotta leave their house nobody even right now nobody leaves their house and it's the instant gratification so. I mean, I'm hoping that maybe she'll have like an AI boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Get her one of those. Uh, get her one of those body pillows. Be like, that's your boyfriend for life. Yeah. You're gonna marry that pillow. He got a great job and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Yeah, I, I just I'm always curious about that. I always like to ask girl dads more specifically because I notice when I ask uh, Tiffany like. Uh, Single mothers and stuff like that, they tend to give different answers. Like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of strange. I talked about it on an earlier episode. Some This woman said that she would give her daughter the advice to go through a hoe phase. And I was like, why would, why would you give that advice? It's terrible advice. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I fundamentally believe that single women give each other terrible advice. That's why they're still single, man. Oh, yo, yo, that's 100%. <laughs> Thank I don't know. Like, like I told him on earlier podcasts, I don't believe in a six-month thing. But I believe, you know, you got to, everybody got to go through a little phase of, let me see you in the ups and downs, you know, just different stages of the relationship. So I know how to, how you going to handle something. One of, one of the most attractive things to me is, is um, like seeing, seeing somebody react to bad situations. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I hate when motherfuckers are like, even like friends, like I have friends that are super negative. Like their car will break down and be like, oh man, my fucking life sucks. Like, bro, like, <laughs> like dog, you're good. You know what I mean? Like, listen, man, when somebody thinks their life sucks, I'm like, just think about this. I was like, there's places in this world where they don't have running water. Just the fact that you cars. can, yeah, just the fact that you can flush and order food from your cellular device, I think you're winning, man. Like, you're doing bro. all right. These motherfuckers is on Pornhub and they ain't got no buffering. Like, bro, your life's pretty chill. Like, <laughs> Listen, man, oh, porn, is, porn is ruining dudes, man. Because like a lot of dudes before, you know, you used to have to like go. I'm not saying dudes never jacked out. Like I'm not saying Pornhub invented, you know, masturbate. But I'm saying like b- back then, you know what I mean. You actually had to want to like go out and meet a woman and like actually try to pursue a woman and shit like that. Now you throw on Pornhub, man, throw up a quick little five minute video, scroll to the best parts, and then you're like, ah, you know what? That's completely satisfying. I never have to go out again, type shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. That's that's part of like the instant gratification that like our society's like kind of becoming uh, like we're normalizing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that that comes with like you said the generations and technology. You know, I'm 30, and back at you know back in the 90s, early 2000s. We wasn't stuck on our cell phones. We was outside more, communicating, you know, dealing with people face-to-face. Now, like I say, dating, you swipe left, you swipe white, you get a match. Hey, y'all together. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's, it's so crazy just basically how technology is evolving the world to be the way it is. You know, like when corona hit, I seen this study. It was, it was talking about, like, kids don't develop 
the right social skills if I can't see um, like mouths moving like during conversation and stuff. Oh wow, okay. And so I started thinking about that, and I'm like, well, okay, that's probably pretty accurate. But the generation that's graduating high school now, because I don't I don't know how it is for y'all, but like our high school is like graduating this week. Yeah, yeah same same here, same here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing like all these like kids like in my town, and they're like you know, class of 2020, like, whatever. And I just think, like, these kids are probably so fucked up socially because more than half of their relationships are probably formed via the cell phone or via the internet. Yeah. Where, right, like, like I'm kind of older, too. Um, like, we had to actually go outside. We had to actually go meet people. Like, we yeah. had to build face-to-face interactions and not fucking FaceTime or Skype or, uh, or Facebook or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I remember before MySpace, man, like, the only people you hung out with was like your friend group in high school or like your kids around the neighborhood. But that's because that's who's like in your immediate vicinity to where you actually had to go out and meet them and start a conversation and do shit together. Now, like I said, you join Facebook and be quote unquote friends with people around the world and mm-hmm. never see any of these fucking people. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's also kind of a good thing because I mean, this podcast won't be possible without something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that more so, especially for children in a, de- in a developmental stage, People will be friends on Facebook and never talk to each other, and they go to the same high school. Like, to me, that's crazy. Yeah. I remember when I was growing up, dude, me and uh, – so I, I grew up in, like, the mountains of Virginia, right? Yeah. And there was, like, this little river in front of my house. Mm-hmm. And there was only, like, maybe, like, four or five houses on this fucking – on this river, right? Mm-hmm. And so me and then my neighbor, like, right down the hill from me, tried to build a fucking life raft and tried to, like, fucking <laughs> you know, road boat type shit, like, out this river, man. Yeah. But I remember, like, that's the shit I was doing when I was, like, 12, 13, you know, whatever. I see 12 and 13-year-olds now that are fucking, like, you'll be seeing them, like, walking at Walmart. They won't see a single fucking item in the store. They'll they'll be all in their fucking TikTok or whatever with their headphones on. and like Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fucking weird, man. No, it's no kids outside now. Yep. Like, parents have to drag their kids outside to do things. Back in our, my mom was... At 12 o'clock, you can leave. I was gone. I didn't come back till 9 o'clock. Nowadays, kids are not outside. They're stuck on these games. They're stuck on their phones. Like, they don't interact. And then with COVID hit, uh, dealing with school and everything, it took them out of school and stuck them on computers. So that also, I've seen kids just be like, oh, now you got to go back to school and interact. And they was lost. They would, didn't know what was going on in school. I'm like, bro, you just did a year on a computer. Now you got to go back to school. Like, their mindset mentally was just like, I don't want to do it. I don't know how to do this and do that. I'm like. Their convenience is taken yeah, away. Yeah, I'm like, man, that is crazy that this kind of, this is what y'all are based on. Not saying they, they slower than us. <laughs> but no, they, are. They, they have, like, things that when, when they come to life, and I tell my girlfriend and they keep like, Stop babying them because when they, it's time for them to get out and have to grow up and deal with outside things, they're going to be so stuck and they're going to be so used to running back to their mom and dad that it's, they're not going to make it. I'm not I'm not trying to, like, be political and I'm not trying to, like, make all your listeners hate me. So, like, <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Oh, they hate, they hate us, too. Don't worry. If, if you think it's going to happen, feel free to edit this out. <laughs> nah, I, 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 no, everything stays in, man. The, they hate us too. Don't worry. The generation now are the reason we have "quote unquote" safe spaces. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, definitely. Listen, man. I, 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 there's a Ricky Gervais joke that I love. 
he talks about he's like you know what the crazy craziest invention is you know they made these like baby proof stuff where you put it like on the corners and so that way if the baby bumps its head it feels like soft and then there's like a video of a baby like banging its head against it on purpose because it feels soft and he's like listen man he's like sometimes the world works itself out so somebody gotta just let that baby bust his head open. <laughs> he'll, he'll be better for it he'll get some character yeah i understand yeah, it man, it's crazy. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, man. If if somebody was bullying you or somebody somebody was picking on your friends, man, like you you fist fight them, like yeah. And it's like some on site type shit. But now yeah. it's like, we can talk shit on Facebook, and then you can block me, and then that's supposedly the end of it. Like that's fucking crazy to me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what that rapper say? Tr- uh, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, man. Every they they beef online and just leave it at that. Everybody chimes in and say what they want. But I'm like, man, get it over with. Leave it alone. Like you said, we was in school. Oh, we beefing. We fighting right here. We'll get suspended for these three days. And we'll come and back. And we'll come back. It's over with. Everybody know what happened. We just don't mess with each other. Now it's just like, I don't know. That's why I, I tell Boogie and we say it all the time. Man, we don't care what people say to us online. Man, I don't care about that. Like, you're not personally in my face. You're no threat to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to talk shit online. You're going to type this out. Like, I'm not worried about you. I know I know it sounds petty, but I'm I'm the fucking guy. Like, keep that same energy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would definitely, man. I'd be definitely. talking fucking address to the gym, and I'm like, pull up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah. I probably get a fucking metal detector or something right by the door when I tell these motherfuckers to pull up. I'm like, you know what pull up. And put the gloves on. We can settle shit. Like, that's yeah, how- we'll settle. It. That's the crazy part. Back then, you used to settle like, man. I remember one time, man. I was in middle school, and this guy said something. And I remember at the time, I was in a very sensitive spot. My parents were getting divorced, and I remember he said something about my mom that I didn't like, and I just slapped the shit out of him. Like, literally, just slapped him right in his face. Method his ass. I just slapped him one time, just real quick. And I told him, I said, "Shut your mouth." And then, and then we fought. We got suspended. We came back. We actually became really good friends. Because it's just like, listen, we got it out the way. It's over. Like, it's officially over. It's squashed. I was upset. You said something. You never said it again. And I was done with. Keep Word. my mom's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. No, no, but now, I have, I have a, online, they build up these echo chambers where it's like, oh, uh, I don't like this. So now everybody just fucking agree with me. And if we don't agree with you, we're just going to block you. So that way we only hear the shit that we want. It's so it it's so immature the whole block feature. I understand why yes. media has it. Like I understand, but it, to me it's immature. Like yeah, that like I I have a similar story. One of my best friends in the world, like for fucking a year and a half, we made each other's life hell in school. Yeah, um, and it it just like I don't know. It's it's weird how you build friendships like that. But I just don't agree with. Okay, I don't like what he says. I'm just gonna block him. No, this this fucking America. Like that's not how free speech works. Yeah, Yeah. I can say what it's crazy. I was telling uh, Tommy right. So you know, uh, Josh, you and me met on Reddit. I posted something on Reddit right that was quote unquote controversial that people didn't like. They reported me and they were like, "Hey, you can't say stuff like that. You're suspended for three days from this subreddit." I was like, "Hold on," because I gave a differing opinion than the person that posted. I'm blocked. Like that's crazy to me, man. That's what it is, man. It, if you have a, a differing opinion than the majority, you're right. It's an echo chamber. So, and what they do is like they'll kind of team up on you too. So, oh yeah, have a differing opinion about anything, they will just automatically gang up on you and then shut your opinion down. It doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. No, yeah. 
it's just a matter of like how they perceive things. Like perception is is fucking deadly, honestly. Yeah. yeah. See, because there's only one truth, right? Uh, that, that's why this yep. my truth shit is crazy because the truth is objective, right? There's one truth. Yeah. But your appreciation of the truth is subjective. And I think that people really get that confused, especially, like I said, with all this my truth shit where they're like, well, my truth is. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's one fundamental fucking truth. And your appreciation of it does not concern me because I know what the truth is. But they they don't like that because it it hurts their feelings. It it doesn't make their soul sit right or whatever dumb shit they say. I like how you said that. I like like how you said that. That's I mean, that's spot on, too. And it's motherfuckers that don't want to accept the truth. They just want their opinion to be heard. Yeah, and, and that's what social media did, man. It makes everybody's opinion, quote unquote, matter. Where let's be honest, man. There's some people that say some shit where it's like, listen, this this dumb shit should have been stayed in your brain yeah. and never came out <laughs> to the world. You should you should have held on to that one. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, like I I be talking to a lot of people myself, and I read a lot. And if I don't know something about a subject, I go and read, look at, it, look at the history behind it. And I'm very open-minded to any and everything. I will listen to you and your version of what you want me to believe. But at the end of the day, I like he said, I know the truth. I read about it. I studied upon it. And then when I start speaking differently, you, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You crazy. Okay, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. But it's the truth. You know, stats and everything can show what I'm saying is accurate. You just fail to believe it because your world is better by believing it this way it's a generation of kids that believe that perception is greater than the truth yeah Mm -hmm. they live in a fairy tale land that that's exactly it they live in a fairy tale that's that's what it is because if i if let's say uh okay here's a really good example do either one of y'all speak spanish yes i do okay so you know like when you're talking to somebody that doesn't speak spanish you can say whatever you want to them in spanish right yeah pretty much yeah and so if they don't understand what you're saying it's up to them how they perceive what you said. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a, that's a great example, actually. Yeah, so whether you're cussing them out or whether you're telling them to have a great day, yeah, it's I mean, how they perceive your tone, or maybe it's your body language, or maybe it's just you know how they perceive it, like whatever kind of day they're having. It's how they perceive it is what they what they believe. Yeah, yeah. Don't, if you're telling them, "Oh, hey, have a good day," if they're like, "Oh, I know that motherfucker said some shit," you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, real life example of that. So uh, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but me, me and Tommy have been to prison. And uh, one example of that, especially like, so prison is like this weird thing where it really just shows extremes on all ends. So (laughs) I remember there's this one guy didn't know no English, man. And he just happened to be talking about, uh, I think it was like a black shirt or something like that. But he was definitely describing something using the word black as a color. But, you know, the word it's negro. And this black dude heard it and he thought that he was making fun of him and he got so mad and just beat that dude up because he was describing something completely different. And like you said, his perception was he said, he said, Negro, he's obviously talking about me. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what it is, man. It's it's perception. That's what I'm saying. Perception deadly as fuck because you can either you can let it ruin your day or you can. You can just be like, all right, cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can just be like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. I'm not going to assume the world revolves around me yeah, and think somebody's talking about me who don't give two shits about me. Yeah. As they, every, Everybody wants to be the hero of their own story, so they're like, oh, if anybody says something, they're obviously talking about yeah. me. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. Everybody everybody wants to be right, or everybody wants to be the hero. or Yeah. yeah. Everybody's the hero of their own story, man. Nobody can see that 
sometimes in some other people's story, you're kind of a villain, bro. Like you're yeah. kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be t- I'll be telling people, hey, I'm the narrator of this story. So, hey, it don't matter. <laughs> hey, I don't care. There is a million different versions of you out there. Yeah. Just other people's minds. You know what I mean? You can't control yeah. how they how they see you. Yeah, you have to think about because it, it just just think about it like in your own personal world, right? Like so for for in, in your life, let's say, right? Like to your daughter, I'm sure you're her hero, you're her protector. You know what I mean? That's how she sees you. She's like my daddy, the hero. Yeah. And then uh, you know, you look at your girlfriend and she's like, Oh, that's that's my boyfriend, the provider, you know, the person that uh loves me, stuff like that. And then there's somebody that, like you said, doesn't like you, and he's like, Man. Oh uh, fuck, Josh! He's an asshole. He's a bully. All he does is uh, all he does is smoke weed. Like he's not this. He's not that. You know. I always want to fight aggressive. Yeah. Like no. It's crazy. I tell you, so I'm, I am kind of salty about this, but I was the best <laughs> man in a gay wedding not too long ago, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not salty about that. That was fun as fuck. I got I got absolutely fucking shit hammered. But, <laughs> um, so my best friend, my best friend growing up was a lesbian. And uh, I think I might have been the only like the first person she ever came out to. Yeah. And uh, like she used to get picked on in school. Like I was the one that would get suspended for like taking up for her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wouldn't let anybody talk shit. So um, fast forward to like a couple months ago. Do you, you remember when Florida uh, made that don't say gay Oh yeah, the, the don't say gay law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was on Twitter and somebody had shared an article about a school teacher in Florida, and the the teacher got um I guess the teacher got fired for telling the students her sexuality or some shit. Oh yeah, because she she was a lesbian and she was explaining to her students in elementary school. So I don't know if you know about this. It's like a fourth grade fourth grade class or something like that, and she was explaining to them because the students were like, "What's lesbian? What's gay?" And so she was like breaking down. Uh, intersexual dynamics and stuff like that from a lesbian perspective and a lot of parents got mad because they're like you shouldn't be teaching my kid what gay is because that's that's my kid I'm supposed to teach them and like th- that's not your right to try to teach them or force your views on them is what they said so all I shared on Twitter was like when I was in school I didn't know I didn't I think I, I tweeted something like I didn't know the sexual orientation of my teachers I only knew when recess was or some shit <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know, like, I do stand-up comedy, so, like, I try to be funny sometimes, right? So, yeah, I was just trying to be funny. Bro, I got fucking unfollowed. And oh, my God, All man. social media by my gay best friend and her wife. What? And I and that's the only thing that I can connect it to that, like, might have been the culprit. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm just, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I speak my mind, but, like, at the same time, like, Social media is kind of hard to speak your mind on. Yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible. People take, you might, like you said, you was joking. I do the same thing. It's things I post on my social media. I'd be so joking, and people take it so serious. And I'm like, if you know me, you know I'm not saying nothing offensive. You know I'm just playing around on whatever subject I touched on. And But like I said, right now, it's so sensitive in that area, dealing with sexuality. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, man, it, it's weird, man. It's weird. So I just, you know, people people hate me for all sorts of shit. But, you know, like you said, I'm the hero in somebody's story. And in somebody else's story, they're like, oh, this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, man. But like, even, you can't please everybody. Even, like, how i seen it now, like, a lot of the cartoon shows we watched growing up and they doing a reboot make of it, a lot of them have, like, gay kids in there or some oh, yeah. something is gay about you know the sexuality it changed yeah. and a lot of the shows 
So you guys are pressing this on two, three, four, five year olds already. Yeah. Like, but if you if you have an adult who speaks out on it, they're wrong for trying to teach their kids what the kids are actually seeing on TV. These kids don't know what two dads or two moms are on TV. They just think it's funny uh, TV show, cartoon. But yeah. if you come out and speak on it, and now, oh, you shouldn't be teaching my kid. Well, your kid comes to me as an educator about what she's watching. So, therefore, you're not teaching them yeah. the situation at home. They come to me, and I'm explaining what it is, and now the world hates me. I lose my career or whatnot comes from it. Like I said, I'm the villain by coming out and telling these kids, you know, what they're seeing. And, hey, you want your kids going to school, doing what they see on TV, kissing boys? Like, we don't, that's, I don't know. Nowadays, that's just I, I think a crazy topic. It's a double-edged sword because I, I come from a really poor area in the Appalachian Mountains, very coal miner, like, mm-hmm. very backward, like, typical quote-unquote, like, hillbilly, right? So yeah. I know that when I was in sex ed in school, I know that there was a lot of kids who's like, I guess the values are just different here. Like parents didn't talk about sex and shit growing up. Like it's just, it's just different. So the double-edged sword is like, if you're going to teach your, your kids about sex at home, then actually teach them the right shit. Yeah. And if you're not gonna, you can't be mad at the school system for educating them on their, like on their body or on their sexuality or, or whatever. Yeah. But it, there's not like, there's really no in between. You have to kind of pick, are you going to do this or are you going to let somebody else? And granted, these the somebody else is a professional, like a professional educator. Yeah. But it's still, it's still, uh, it, it's it's kind of like your choice. Like, who, yeah. do you, who do you want your kid to learn from? You want you to be the teacher or, or do you want an actual teacher? You know what I'm saying? So, see, I, I, and I, I think a lot of parents, I mean, I'm, we're neither one of us here are parents, but I, I think that when I do have a child, I would want them to be open enough with me to where they can like talk about sex and stuff because let's be real. You know what I mean? Like as, as a boy, most of the stuff you learn is from like pornography or like what you later find out is bullshit stories from your boys in the locker room where it's like, you know, don't nobody really know what the fuck they're talking about, but everybody's too embarrassed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're kind of really just, you know, diddling around until you really figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, re- I remember one time, I mean, I'm getting a little personal here. I don't really care. I remember one time, man, uh, so I'm, I'm uncircumcised. I, I was using the restroom, and <laughs> I didn't know how to properly clean myself, man. I literally thought, I was like, oh, my God, my penis is going to fall off. I tried to talk to my dad about it, and my dad was kind of weird about it to where I was like, well, now I feel weird talking about sex with my dad, where, you know, later on, he was like, listen, man, like, you're my first kid. I don't really know how to handle this shit, you know. And I mean, we, we got to the bottom of it eventually, but yeah. like I said, you know, that, I think that that's stuff that, like I said, should be normalized where you should be able to talk to your kids not only about sex, but about their body to be like, hey, listen, you're going to go through these changes. These things are going to happen. You need to know this. Like, this is what a condom is. Like, you know, sex does have its risks. And these are the risks. You know, you want to uh, you want to put your kids out in the world to be as prepared as they can be, I would think, personally, is what I would want. No, I, absolutely. I, I tell you, so this is kind of embarrassing, but I grew up in a house where, like, my dad, my dad didn't really, my dad didn't, like, my dad didn't talk about, like, personal shit. Yeah. Um. Like my dad, like we talked about sports and uh, like my workouts and and that was, you know, a lot of it. Uh, yeah. When I, the talk from my dad, I felt very fucking underprepared. Uh, yeah. And so I was glad that 
that sex ed was a thing so I could learn about everything. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it's like a double-edged sword, man. It's, as a parent, you kind of got to decide, all right, do I want to do I want to be the person that's going to educate them or yeah. do I want to let somebody else as a professional educate them? But at the same time, you want your kids to feel comfortable enough to come with you or come yeah. with anything. So, yeah. for me, I would almost rather be the one that, that gives the birds and the bees talk. So, I mm-hmm. know open – road of fucking communication that like my kids can come to me with absolutely anything hey you know i was at a party and smoked i want to smoke weed or you know something like that yeah you know because i mean i mean fuck the way fentanyl is like even you know smoking weed's kind of scary at, at this point you know so i would yeah. i'd would, be like hey i, I kind of think i want to try this and let me talk to her about it as opposed to to getting a phone call that you know what i'm saying she yeah, got that, caught. Yeah, that late night phone call where it's like, "Hey, your daughter's in the hospital," type shit. Like, no yeah. one wants that phone call, you know? Yeah, or or God forbid, like you know that sixteen and pregnant phone call, like, "Oh, hey, Dad, oh. guess what?" Yeah, you know, and it's saying like, like, "Yeah, see, with me growing up, I didn't have, I had a, a male in the household, but he wasn't my father, so I really didn't. I kind of had to toss up like a father figure, but a guy who really wasn't there. So my mom." took the role of playing father. But it's my mom. I don't want to talk to her about sex. And she said this as I grew up. She's like, man, I didn't know you was having sex. I didn't know you was dealing with girls until girls start popping up, girls start calling. I'm finding condoms in the room. You're getting caught at school doing things. And I still never, I truly have never had the birds and bees uh, conversation. I just learned by going through things, trial and error. I learned by dealing with that, and same came with drugs. My mom caught me the very first time I smoked weed. She walked in, I was high watching Looney Tunes, <laughs> laughing my ass off, and she told me, when you calm down, when you come down, come in the room. And she that's the, probably one of the biggest talks she had with me as far as I'd rather you smoke in the house, I'd rather you smoke in the backyard around you know, the yeah. house instead of you being on the streets because people do things to drugs, People, like, I had that whole conversation. So I'm so open now to things like that. I don't have kids. I have stepkids. And I let them know, like, man, y'all can talk to me about anything. I'm not here to judge y'all. If y'all really want to know, I've done worse. I did it all and really went 10 times worse than y'all. So I can understand. I was that age. As far as girls, hey, it's a woman here. It's two women here that you can really talk to in that principle of dealing with boys, but I can still talk to you about boys. Like, because I was once that guy who was only looking for sex, only here for certain things. So I can kind of touch up on that, but I feel the same way. I would want my kids or whatever kids I'm raising and around being that figure to be able to come talk to me because it's so important nowadays because the world... They get out there now. I don't mind teachers talking to them and all that, but I want them to feel comfortable. Be like, hey, this was going on with my body, my situation. Yeah. What do I do? How do I handle it? Like, it's not embarrassing. Like, everyone goes through this. So, you know, I feel the same way about just coming out and just speaking on it. I didn't do it, but I would want kids nowadays to feel comfortable to do it, especially with everything they see. And I heard something on social media that they was like, 
it's crazy now. You know, we we got to talk about the birds and the bees, the bees and the bees, the birds and the birds, the birds who used to be bees want to uh, want to mess with bees or all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. That now, like that's it. It started birds and bees. Yeah. Now we got to worry about everything else that they view and see outside in public. Like that's a man. Why is he dressed as a full woman? Yeah. Type things yeah. and just being careful because diseases are out here and. People are getting tricked and drugged into everything. I, I tell you what, man. I've, so I've actually been dosed twice, where I, because I, I had a, I had a time in my life, man, where, uh, bro, if it could get you high, I was fucking down. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I I got the wrong shit twice, and uh, two of the worst fucking days of my life, bro. Yeah. Second time it happened, I I finally, because I couldn't talk to my dad when I was growing up about shit like that, so I I went and talked to my mom. And I tell you, bro, my mom is my absolute best friend in the world. Yeah, that's great. But and it started kind of from that being sixteen, being all sorts of fucked up, not knowing. Like I thought I was going to die. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I'm. I hate that. Like, I hate that. Before that, I felt like I couldn't talk to my mom or or talk to my parents. But I'm I'm glad that I figured out. I could after that. And now, bro, I talked to my mom. My mom will probably call him and beep in on this podcast eventually. Like, like <laughs> my mom talk all the time. Like, like I said, that's my best friend. Um, but that's, that's how I want my daughter to be, bro. Like, I don't want my daughter smoking some fucking weed out of a tin can behind a fucking burnt down Piggly Wiggly in town. <laughs> like, I don't want her to go through the same shit I did where yeah. I remember there was this one time me and my cousin had this fucking bag of pills that, uh, one of his, uh, I guess like his dad was selling it to one of his, his friends or whatever and we didn't know what anything was so we just took like, pretty much one of everything and just like shit like that like I'm glad I didn't I'm glad I'm alive yeah no definitely you know what I'm saying no I, I definitely had a similar situation where uh, I remember so uh, I was kind of like you where I was just kind of like on a big drug ride where I was like I want to just kind of try a little bit of everything type shit you know what I'm saying and I remember I tried coke and that was like my jam oh. <laughs> and I was like I love cocaine I was like Rick James out here type shit. And, uh, a weed is uh, cocaine. Yeah. So I, I bought some cocaine right one time. And I remember I was doing it with the friend that I bought it from. I was like, hey, man. And uh, I, I was like, you mind if I do a line here? He was like, yeah, man, go ahead, dude. So me and him do a line together. And I was like, it burns so bad. And I was like, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, dude, this, I was like, this is fucking like a head rush. Like, it felt different. And he was like, yeah, man, I want to I went ahead and hooked you up. I said, what do you mean? Like, is this like some good shit? Or like, and he's like, yeah, man, I put some meth in there for you. Oh. I said, what? And he's like, I put meth in there for you, man. I said, I don't do meth. <laughs> I, that, you're yeah. saying this like it's a good thing? This is terrifying. Like you said, man, look, no bullshit, dude. I only did one line, right? I did not sleep for four days. And it was the most terrifying thing ever. I was like, bro, I'm going to die. I'm never going <laughs> to sleep again. I was like, sleep is a thing of the past. Like, I'm going to live in this weird world where I'm always awake. And then when I finally passed out, man, I slept for 26 hours straight. Yep. And I remember that being like the scariest feeling ever because every day, like every 24 hours that passed, I was like, bro, I got to go to sleep today. Like, it's got to wear off. Man, scary. I remember the last time I did I did hard drugs it was 2015. I was out in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I did the same thing. I slept for like 24 hours straight, bro. And everybody was like, is he going to be okay? Is he Is he all right? And my roommate was like, yeah, he just partied really hard last night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, like it made me feel so ashamed, bro, and and so I don't. Yeah. Now I I'm a recovering alcoholic, so like I'll have wine every now and again. But mm -hmm. I don't drink. Like I don't 
you know, I, I smoke weed because I have anxiety really bad. But other than that, man, like I've changed a lot of my life. But I remember there was one time we accidentally got PCP and I was like, well, fuck it. Like, let's check that off the fucking. <laughs> yeah, you have to get wet, Josh. You have to get wet. My cousin was so fucked up. He got in the shower fully dressed and was eating oh. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Crying. <laughs> that, no. that sandwich must have been hidden, though. I'm not going to lie. That sandwich must have been hidden. Bro, we had to take his ass to the hospital, bro. He's oh, every single one of us caught. You know, it would have been crazy if he'd have been allergic to peanuts. Like, that would have been the craziest part <laughs> of that whole thing. Oh, dude, that's that's wild, though, man. But mm. I, I did want to ask you another question, man, because, I again, we, we talked a little bit about dating here. Uh, so, you know, we're always talking about how men need to protect their meat. And by, by that, I mean, you know, money, energy, attention, and time. Because a lot of guys just give it away for free to women, you know what I mean? And they t- end up getting taken advantage of and stuff like that. But... Like I said, you know, I noticed on your social media and stuff like that, you and your girl seem like in a great place. Y'all are always having a great time. You know, I always see you talking about how much you care about her and stuff. So I just want to ask, how did you know, like, when y'all were dating, how did you realize, like, okay, this is the person that I want to be with and that I want to introduce to my daughter and that I want in my life full time? I, like, it was super crazy, man, because I – so at the time I was living in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, bro, like a little ghetto by the sea, right? And so – yeah. I, uh, so I, I've been involved in mixed martial arts now since I was 18. I'm 27 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was part of like a couple really big camps and yeah, it's like the MMA community is big, but it's also super small. And so yeah. and I actually wrestled at the same college. Okay. So we were friends on Twitter and she was looking for wrestling partners for a, um, for a fight camp she was in. It was a, the first defense of her Adam White world title. And so, uh, we were talking. She was like, yeah, just come on up here. Like, I'll take care of everything. I was like, all right, cool. So then we we planned this trip out for, like, maybe a month out. And so we talk every single day. And I'm, at this time, uh, divorced, single dad, ain't even thinking about dating. Mm-hmm. And I started finding myself, like, looking at my phone to see if she wrote back. Oh, you know? man. Oh, shit. So, so I told her, I was like, Hey, I'm gonna take you on a date when I come up. And she was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. And, uh, so we're flirting, we're flirting. I swear. So I flew into Flint. It was actually cheaper to fly into Flint than Detroit. And so I flew into Flint, Michigan. She came and picked me up. It was about 45 minutes from where she lived. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I got off the plane, I walked out and she pulled up to the, the, arrivals or whatever and she got out and she came around and she hugged me and it's oh, wow. I swear, when she hugged me i just knew right then and there that i i wanted to be with her and yeah. so we got in her car are you also nicholas sparks man <laughs> <laughs> we uh we got in her car and we were driving and we were actually holding the hands and so like because like i said we've been flirting for like the last month and shit and shit was cool and i just like leaned over and i i don't know why like i'm not like, you know, I'm not like a touchy-feely kind of person, but I leaned over and I kissed her shoulder and it was like something about that moment just like sparked. And so after that weekend, I mean, I mean, we, we trained, I was there for maybe four days. We trained two of those days. The other two days, we just kept going on dates, man. We went to, um, we went to this place called Mr. Spots in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Shout out Mr. Spots. They're fucking, they're tight as shit. But so we went there, we went to like a comic book store cause we're both comic nerds. Mm-hmm. Um, she took me around, like, showed me a lot of Michigan, you know, like, because I'd never been. That was my first time going to Michigan. Yeah. And uh, it was, like, after that first weekend, man, I don't know what 
I don't know what it was, but I just knew I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave. Like yeah. if I had my daughter, I'd probably just moved to Michigan that day. Oh wow! And uh, it, I don't know, man. It was just like a feeling that I had that like this person's really good for me. And so I said I was a, a recovering alcoholic when I went up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in AA, and so I was like coaching uh, Muay Thai at the time, and I was I was coaching like two days a week, and I would go to AA. Uh, every Wednesday mm-hmm. and so when I went up to to be with her and I wasn't eating right either I was just eating bullshit you know I'd fix my daughter like really good food but like mm-hmm. I'd just be eating bullshit you know so yeah. when I went up Alicia was like hey you need to try this you need to eat this you need to eat this and so like I started eating healthy I started working out a lot more I started stretching which is something that I hadn't done in a very long time and I yeah pulled muscles and couldn't figure out why but <laughs> she was just really fucking good for me man she's such a gentle soul that like yeah it's easy to I mean, it's just easy to fall in love with like moments mm-hmm. and so i was wondering like am i falling in love with these moments or am i falling in love with like this chick yeah so then she came down to florida right after the fight and it was the same shit like we just picked up right where we left off. So I, I kind of just came to the conclusion, like, I'm not in love with these moments. I mean, I am in love with these moments, but I'm in love with this girl too. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. it was just, she was really good for me. She treated me well. She talked to me the way that, uh, she talked to me with respect and yeah. treated me with respect. And I really, I really enjoyed that about her. And yeah. I've really been dating too, too much since like my ex-wife and I had split up to meeting Alicia. I didn't really date. I went on like two dates. And one of the bitches offered me cocaine. <laughs> She's like, you want to hit this? And I was like, no, nah, I'm straight. And She's like, one of these bitches offered me cocaine. <laughs> and the second one was, uh, she. I mean, she was, it was fucking weird, man. It was actually my therapist. And uh, she started sending me some texts. And I was like, all right, this is fucking not good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was just, it was fucking weird, man. So I, I don't know. I just, I. Like when you know, you know, I guess. Yeah. So I didn't, see, it, it, all fucking, I didn't mean to make that all Nicholas Sparksy and shit. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, you're good, man. No, it's great to, see, to hear that though, because see, look, so I, I, me and Tommy always talk about something, right? Because you know we have a predominantly male listeners, and we also talk about like, listen, man, you should want a woman that's an asset in your life and sees what's going on in your life and wants to help make it and make you better. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. like, she saw you eat like shit. And she was like, hey, listen, let's instead do this. And she helped you get back on track, you know, be, becoming an asset to your life instead of a liability like the girl that offered you cocaine. You know, like, that's literally what we talk about. It's like look, a lot of women sometimes will try to be liabilities in your life, like offering you cocaine, even though you're a recovering addict or, you know, just trying to make your life shittier. And they're just only thinking about their happiness. Yeah. Whereas in, if someone truly cares about you and wants to be with you, they look at, OK, how can I be an asset to this man's life? To where his life will be better and our life will be better, you know. I I told her too. I was like, look, I don't know what you're looking for, but I have a child. Like my child is always gonna come first. Yeah. And so, and she was cool with that. And I I was like, okay, like this relationship's cool, but I'm gonna know whether it's gonna work when she actually meets my daughter. Yeah. And so when she actually met Sadie for the first time, bro, they were fucking hanging out. They were painting. They were fucking they, like they were being straight like. Like, Sadie hates when I brush her hair for some reason. Like, my kid <laughs> loves to have a rat nest. Yeah. She, just, she sat down and just let Alicia fucking braid her hair. Like, everything was cool. So, I was like, all right, 
you, like you get along with me, that's fifty percent of it. Yeah, you get along with my kid too. And it yeah. was like Alicia just she was like this little puzzle piece that fit right into right into our board that we were missing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 great, man. That's always great to hear, dude. So I, I do want to transition real quick. So, because let's be honest, man, you're an MMA fighter, you're an MMA uh, teacher and stuff like that. I know you have a background in wrestling and Muay Thai and stuff like that. Did you happen to see that Petrovsky fight over the over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, he choked up my boy Maximo, man. God dang. Uh, <laughs> dude, that was so crazy, man. I was, Listen, I was on a date, and I could not stop watching this fight. <laughs> it was terrible. Now, listen, they went well. That's irrelevant. But <laughs> I was watching that fight, man, and I, I literally made a note, and I sent Tommy a text. I said, we got to talk about Petrovsky fight on the podcast with Josh. And I was like, because just the, the, the technique and the skill that he came with, man, you can tell that Maximo is definitely uh, – I think he was better in the stand-up game, which is why Petrovsky was like, I'm not going to stay up with you too long. He definitely went real just head first into it. And then as soon as he saw an opening, he just – Went in for the kill, man. I think uh, – so the thing about Petrosky too, man, is, is Petrosky is super fucking underrated. And so he actually does commentary. I think for uh, – it's either CFFC or maybe LFA in the offseason. Okay. Uh, so those, those analytical minds just work a little bit differently. Yeah. So like Chess almost when they're fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for him, that was probably his game plan the whole way along. Like he probably – wasn't anticipating even standing with with Nick, mm-hmm. um, and so Nicholas Maximo, like he's he's a great fighter. He comes from that Caesar Gracie NDA. You know, mm-hmm. He has academy, and they're really good. And I don't know if you if you guys kept up with boxing, but Andre Ward used to be mm-hmm. a, used to be in Caesar Gracie a lot. He would train with the Diaz brothers a lot. That's why yeah. the Diaz brothers have such great boxing is because yeah. of Andre Ward. So they've passed it on to the next generation of fighters, which. I was at Invicta FC uh, 47 last week. My girl was headlining, and Chelsea Chandler fights out of out of the 209. She she fights out of Stockton too, and she's just like them. Like she has that good pure boxing. Yeah. Um, Nick Maximo is he was a collegiate wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, and I think coming into that, what was he nine and zero? Yeah, think. yeah, he was undefeated going into that fight. That's why I, I think he was favorited, wasn't he? He he was. He was a heavy favorite. Yeah, favorite. Um. The thing is, like, you're getting so many of these guys that come in from the Contender Series, which for people that don't know, Contender Series is like it's it takes regional circuit guys and lets mm-hmm. them fight for a contract to fight in the UFC. Yes. Which is great. And sometimes they take the time to build these guys up, i.e. like Sean O'Malley, who's never fought anybody ranked top 15 yet. I mean, I'm not going to lie. He's my favorite fighter right now, Josh. I got to be honest with you, man. That kid's got some spark in him, man. I, I like I like the theatrics. I like the rainbow hair. I like all of it, man. I'm not gonna He's lie. about to fight Pedro Munoz. That'll be his first big test, man. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm excited to see how he does. I'm excited for that because they've let Sean take the amount of time he needed to get to that level. Yeah, they didn't just throw him in the wolves like they did with Kimbo Slice, which I think they really fucked Kimbo up on that, where they just threw him against, like, even when he was on that series that the UFC used to have, the Ultimate Fighter, they threw him yep. against Roy Nelson, like a big vet just for yeah. ratings, you know what I mean? And that was terrible for Kimbo. Fucked up his entire confidence, like I, really hurt him. I think the best thing about Kimbo fighting Roy was Roy ended up winning that season. He beat Brennan Schaub in the season finale. I remember, yeah. So you could say that he lost to the guy that won it all. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah. He did fuck up his confidence. But yeah. Nick Maximo is a guy that had nine – he was 9-0 and coming into that. He was a heavy favorite. And what really sucks is he comes from a camp 
from two of the single biggest fighters in MMA with Nick and Nate Diaz. So yeah. there's a lot of hype on this kid that I'm not saying he doesn't deserve, but I'm just saying there doesn't need to be that much fucking hype. I was like, maybe a bit overblown because of the camp he comes from, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think with guys like that, you got to take your time. You got to build them up to this level because there's a certain jump from fighting a regional level guy to fighting somebody in the UFC. And so the best example of this was I used to live in Myrtle Beach for a little bit, and I was training with a guy named Joe Selecki. He's a um, a UFC lightweight fighter. Yeah. And when I was in Florida, I was training with a lot of heavyweights, and the heavyweights would hit me hard, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, that's 250 pounds of, of man hitting you in the fucking face. Right. Yeah. So Joe Selecki's 155 pounds and he is a grappling star, right? Black yeah. belt jitsu owns his own jujitsu school. He hit me harder than anybody had ever hit me to that point. Oh my God. And, and I was trying to figure out like, how did he hit me so hard? It's just that level of competition. I was getting used to being hit by regional level guys at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. To get to the UFC, that's a whole different level of, of fighter. You know what I'm saying? The mechanic, like, it's just, it's a completely different fighter. And I think that right there was a learning experience for me. And then being in Michigan, dude, Josh Parisian's a UFC heavyweight. He cracked me. I, I straight up, I had to take a round off after. I was like, God dang. Bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, it hit hard. But, but it's, there's a jump from the regional level to the, the UFC one championship, Bellator uh kind of level you know so i think a lot of fighters are now skipping over that because of the contender series yeah um and they're not really getting the time to mature the way that they need to so i think maybe that's probably maximo's biggest downfall was was he didn't get that time but he is getting on the job training at the highest level so maybe it's a maybe it's a benefit you know yeah trial by fire basically yeah i I remember i used to train at four ounce mma shout out uh under cyrus washington for a little bit to do Muay Thai. I, do, uh, do you, you know who Cyrus Washington is by name, by chance? I actually don't. I'm sorry. That's fine. But anyway, great teacher, great coach. Loved him. Great man. I uh, yeah. had great conversations with him. It was great to like pick his brain and stuff like that. He did a uh, Lithway and Muay Thai in Thailand. Yeah. And uh, so Lithway for people that don't know, it's pretty close to bare knuckle boxing. They put like ropes on their hands basically and just go at it. It's that same shit from that, uh, that John Cloud Van Damme movie where he fights a Kung Po. That's yeah. basically like Lithway. Well, you're allowed to headbutt as well. Yeah, that. yeah, you can headbutt and it's it's fucking brutal, dude. It's brutal. If you ever want to see a Lithway uh like fight, go watch it. But it, it's it's a brutal, beautiful dance, is how I would describe it. But um I remember, man, uh he had this kid that was like actually training to fight. I remember I was there, I think maybe like six months. And let's be honest, most guys are pretty cocky when it comes to fucking fighting and driving. So <laughs> I was one of those people. I was like, listen, man, I'm basically a badass now. So I remember he was trying to, like, train somebody up. And I remember I kept bugging Cyrus. And I was like, man, you got to let me spar with him, blah, 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 blah. He's like, listen, uh, you don't want this. And I was like, no, yeah, I do. He's like, listen, man, don't you have, like, a hernia? And I was like, I do. But fuck all that shit. Listen, uh, he let me spar with him. And he was like, listen, if you really want to do this, I will let you do this. I got in the ring with him, man. He teeped me in the groin, which a teep is basically, like, a front push kick with your uh, front leg, okay? He did that in my pelvic area. I was like, I just quit now. I'm just going to go home. I apologize that I wasted your time and made you get ready and stuff like that. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's – dude, the the level of competition is just different, man, because there's a lot of people, like, that they want to learn, and it's like a hobby. Yeah. And, and that's great. I think martial arts is the greatest hobby that you can have. 
Yeah. But I mean, Eric, it's cool. Eric, hobby. You got to know when you're sparring those guys that are trying to do this and make a living out of it. It's because when you're fighting at a regional level, like it's you're funding a lot of shit on your own and you're not getting paid a lot. Yeah, because yeah, he was training for a, a fight that was coming up. It was like a, a like some sort of state uh, regional fight that they had here in Texas. They were going up to Dallas, I think, and they were going to do some fight up there. And that's why he was like, "Listen, man, you don't want to get in there with him. Like he's getting ready for like some real shit right now." <laughs> yeah, I, I respect a lot of fighters, man, but the the guys that are on the regional level as professionals that are getting paid like five hundred dollars to fight, mm-hmm. the real fucking gangsters, bro, because they're trying to earn that five hundred dollars. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Like they're they're there to kill or be killed, um, and it's just different level of competition, man. Because I got a couple kids in my gym right now that are learning MMA. A couple of them want to compete, and some of them are just doing it for hobby. And you can you can tell in live drills mm-hmm. who who kind of wants what. You know what I'm saying? Because um, it's just a different type of speed. It's a different type of everything. You know? Yeah, I think there's also a different kind of hunger and aggression, also. Because like you said, when you see people that are like really trying to do it you can see like that hunger of like, I want this more than anyone else around me. Yeah. Yeah. So last question real quick, Josh. So you train kids and stuff like that. And I know you say you have an MMA gym. Uh, well, you, uh, you teach MMA, sorry. And I just want to know for a kid that wants to get started, maybe to like learn to defend themselves, maybe they're getting bullied or something like that. What would you say if they just had to focus on one, like make it be wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai, jujitsu, whatever, what would you say would be the best, uh discipline to learn to defend yourself um it's it's kind of a hard question to answer because of course like i come from wrestling and i mm-hmm. know that when i was growing up wrestling it gave me a lot of confidence mm-hmm. no striking in wrestling and same with jujitsu there's no striking yeah um you can take people down though and so yeah. if somebody's really trying to fuck you up you take them down and you just hold them it kind of makes them feel powerless yeah, I would say as a child, the best thing to do, because I'm really into the study of how the brain works and mm-hmm. especially the study of like CTE and how it affects people. I think as a child, you should definitely be doing wrestling just for the simple fact of like your brain's not fully developed. You don't want to take a lot of sub concussive blows as a child. Yeah, um, I would say probably do wrestling, you know, all throughout high school. If you can go to college, go to college for it. I would say, um, you know, maybe try jujitsu somewhere in in that time period. Um, so not a lot of striking, basically. Not you don't want a lot of blows to the head early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you just don't want those sub concussive blows because that's kind of what they're they're finding now is is it's not actual full blown concussions that will hurt you. It's those sub concussive blows that push your brain uh, against your skull, essentially, right? So you can actually get the the same amount, like. Let's say me and you were in a fist fight and we're just beating the fuck out of each other. Mm-hmm. We can do the same amount of damage to each other as like, let's say Tommy was like in a car wreck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it doesn't matter. I guess it, it doesn't really matter how hard you're hit. It, it just matters how your brain reacts uh, yeah. essentially. So for me, I don't, I don't want my daughter doing anything striking wise until she's at least 16 ish i'm gonna teach her how to defend herself but i, I would much rather her wrestle as a base for anything okay. um, just because wrestling teaches a lot of discipline too it kind of teaches you a lot about teamwork and uh it's it's also like it teaches you a lot about teamwork but it's a solo sport you know what i mean yeah i also think it's very good to get humbled as a kid because i noticed a lot of kids too tend bad. to be i was about to say they tend to be overconfident and then you get an ass whooping and it's like 
well, this is very humbling, especially like like he said with wrestling. Let's be honest, you unless you're just some sort of like fucking uh, phenom, you know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna lose every now and again, and it's very humbling, I, I think. Because like I said, that that was the most humbling part for me was like sparring, where it's like this is humbling to kind of get you like just get your headspace back right. Like listen, uh, I'm I may know that I'm a bad motherfucker, but there's badder motherfuckers out here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember. So for anybody that's curious, I wrestled at the highest level you can wrestle at, I will tell you my first year wrestling, I didn't win a single fucking match. Holy shit. That is a fact. I did not win a single match in my first year wrestling. So you you will definitely get humbled, and it is a great yeah. uh, It's a great learning experience, I think, to, to just take an L every now and again. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And how you react is part of it, too, because you can react like Ronda Rousey and run away from it and not handle it correctly. Yeah. Or you can handle it. You know, people shit on Conor McGregor. That dude handles losses. Well, Oh, up until, you, you can't, by hearing him talk, you can't even tell he lost. You think he won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until this most recent fight where he snapped his leg. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that Poirier fight was terrible. When he lost to Nate Diaz, though, he went to the back. He talked about everything that he'd done wrong, and that he was just going to do better from there. And yep. um, it was around the same time that Ronda had lost. And so we actually seen two of the, the sport's biggest stars handle loss kind of back-to-back, but we seen complete – um, like opposites, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Different results, yeah. Connor kind of embraced it. Embrace your L's, take them on the chin, and just keep moving forward, you know? Yeah, and see, I think that's the same in life, too, also, which, like I said, I think martial arts translates very good to life, especially for children, because it, it lets you know that, like, listen, even though you took a loss today, it's not the end of the world. There's always tomorrow, and if you train better and you become better prepared, you won't fall for the same trap next time, you know what I mean? Or you'll be you'll be like, oh, I've been in this situation before. There's no need to panic or be worried. Whereas, in, like you said, a lot of kids spend their time online or, or like they're, you know, everything's being fucking, uh, you know, nullified and stuff like that to where they run into a problem and they don't really know how to handle it or take care of it to where life kind of tends to just swallow them up and then you have all this like depression and all this other crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it's... I don't know. Get ahead of it. Embrace it. If if you, sorry, I had to burp. I did not mean to, to make. It. <laughs> You're all right, man. Trying to cover it up. Um, if you lose anything in life, whether it be a sport, competition, uh, you have a bad day at your job. Let's say you fuck up and lose some money on the stock market. Whatever it is, chances are you can get better at some aspect. You can't. You can't just take your fucking ball and go home all the time. That's not the best attitude for anything. So. Yeah. Let's say if I invested a bunch of money in the stock market and I lost it all tomorrow, what do I need to do? Okay, I need to study up on the stock market. I need to understand uh, the verbiage, and I need to understand how to tell when a stock is good. You know what I'm saying? There's there's always more to learn. And as adults, I think our generation, because I think we're all prob- probably around the same age. Yeah, I'm 29, Tommy's 30, and I heard you say you're 27, right? Yeah, yeah, so we're all around the same age. Yeah, we're right there is the generation of, of people that um, like we still, we didn't have Wikipedia and Google to help us write essays. We had to, we had to be hungry for knowledge and, and write our own shit. You know what Open I mean? Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So our generation, I think is probably the last generation that is like knowledge seeking, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm getting on like anybody younger. If you're younger than us, um, my only advice to you is to just seek knowledge. So, always. 
you either win or you learn, right? So I would much rather learn than just fucking take my ball and go home. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, hey, those are great closing words from a great man. And so, uh, Josh, you want to go ahead and shout out your social medias, man? Uh, again, shout out your book. I know you're an author. Uh, like I said, anything you want to plug or promote, man? Yeah, hey, uh, really quick. Thank you guys for having me. This is really awesome. Um, I host a podcast where I just talk into the universe, and it's it's awesome, but it's also kind of boring sometimes. I miss <laughs> human-to-human interaction. So this is really, really nice getting to meet both of you and, and – and talk and, and learn from you guys. So definitely go follow Block Talk on everything. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. And it was great having you on here as well, man. Make sure that you listen to Homegrown the Podcast. Follow uh, Josh on Instagram. Uh, get his book, man. Like I said, he's a great author. He he trains like hell. Bad motherfucker right here. His kid rocking MGK would let you know. Yo, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Yeah, go buy my book. Go uh, check out my YouTube uh, check out my podcast and then do something nice for somebody. Don't be a bunch of ungrateful cunts. Go uh, <laughs> help, a, help an old lady across the street or something. Do good. Now that's how you close out a podcast, man. Well, <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Josh. We'd love to have you back, man. Like I said, this was a real pleasure. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Nice to meet both of y'all. Yeah, nice to meet you all. your day. Later, y'all. Yeah. God damn. Huh. What's up, man? That was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm not gonna lie. That was good. That was a good time. You know, like I said, I'm glad he just wanted to talk to us. Like I said, man, he's like deep in the MMA world. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm hearing it. And I'm lost. <laughs> I was lost because I don't know none. I knew Kimbo Slice. I, I saw you perk up. I saw yeah, you perk that up. That was different. But other than the rest, I really don't keep up too much yeah. with it. I look at stuff on YouTube or stuff like yeah. that, but I'm not real. I know uh, that guys, uh, black guys, skinny, tall. Oh, that narrows it down. John Jones? No. I know John Jones. <laughs> Chandler Jones, brother, man. Bad. Uh, Talk about three bad Anderson motherfucking Silver. brothers. Oh, Anderson Silva. Uh, the Spider? Yes. The I know Spider? Him. I watched his fight. I watched one of his live fights uh, when he shattered his shin. Oh, dude. I was about to say, it, you watched him on the downfall. Yeah. His, good. You should have seen like peak five, Anderson Silva, bro. Five minutes into it, he do his shin kick. And yeah. His yeah. His it was shin to shin, and his yeah, shit his just shit fucked just up. Bro. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was that terrible. That was probably the last fight I seen. Yeah, if you watch that highlight, just... Beware. Five minutes in. Just it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. bad. Noodles. Yeah. But uh, nah, man, that was great talking to him, though, man. I really enjoyed that shit. Like I said, we met him online, and uh, he was definitely super excited about doing the podcast. I was super excited to have him on, man. Like I yeah, said, he'd been up. training for a long time, and it was great to get his views on stuff like that. He did go Nicholas Sparks for a little bit, where he I was did, like... <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it took away for all y'all who say we... We are bad, and that we you from know. y'all that say, oh, we just because you know it's crazy. Somebody said, oh, y'all just get an echo chamber because you know last week yeah. we had Pineapple Dan, uh, shout out Splashboard Radio, and they're like, oh, y'all just brought on somebody that only thinks and talks like y'all do. I was like, no, nah, bro, this is just general man's perspective, but it's nice to hear it worded in a in a better way. Because I'm not gonna yeah. lie, Josh gave it to him with a, with a spoonful of sugar, like that shit tasted good going down. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure all the women listening are like, see, y'all need to be like Josh. See how sweet he is. And I'm here to let you know. I'm Fuck not, you. I'm not kissing your shoulder. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to hey. kiss you on the shoulder. Jo- hey. And listen, Shout Josh ain't going to kiss you on man. the shoulder either. Yeah. That, that, That's for Alicia. Yeah, Fuck you yeah, guys. Yeah. Y'all not meant for that. Yeah. That yeah, ain't that for man. you, dog. Shit. And like I said, man, look, he also said, though, he said, listen, man, some, some crazy bitch trying to give him cocaine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. That, talk, hey, that's hey talk about happy. a date, though, huh? That's how happy. After dinner, she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, want to hit this? It probably wouldn't even after. Listen, I'll I, be honest. I, I think I would have preferred her to do it, like, instead of just being like, 
Like, oh, do you want, like, I would want her to, like, put it out, roll up the dollar in front of him, do a line, and then just slide it over to him and just act like shit didn't happen. <laughs> to me, that would be the craziest date, bro. Like, that would just be oh, wild. I would be like, yeah, Jack. 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 <laughs> I'd be like, just keep that for yourself. Yeah, you, yeah you, I don't need that. Don't worry about it. Keep your buddy stuff. That's hilarious, though, man. Well, oh, as y'all can see, me and Tommy are wearing the same shirt, man. We went ahead and got some merch made. We got these sexual lips right here. Tommy, go ahead, turn around for him real quick so I can explain oh, I this back. Huh? What? Well, I got to know. So I can explain it. You want to explain it? Yeah, I'll let you explain no, it. No, no. no uh, I, I, so I, you want me to explain it then, I, right? I, All right, uh, then. Here we go. go. So we're going to explain this real quick. As y'all can see, Block Talk logo right here. And as we fundamentally believe at Block Talk, men cannot be hoes. Men are what? Slut makers, ladies and gentlemen. That is correct. Thank y'all. Thank you. A round of applause yeah. to our male model here, Tommy. Yeah, yeah urban male model. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you threw the urban in there? I did not. <laughs> so... Yeah, man. If y'all oh, wanna, y'all wanna still make sure let us know. I didn't. Y'all didn't know this happened uh, the other day. Okay. I found something out about Boogie. Now, for everybody who heard this, seen this in the news about the young man who went and killed the uh, African American group. Oh, people, the uh, you know the, uh, the, the the Buffalo supermarket yeah, shooter, the man. Buffalo supermarket stuff. Shout out to all the families. Yeah, know, man. All the survivors of that crazy incident. That yeah. was crazy. We spoke on, you know, Boogie didn't know about it. He kind of yeah. heard a snippet of it. Yeah. He thought we were playing. I, look, I found out from my brother. My brother came in there. bro. So we were all just joking around. I just got off work. It was super late. My brother and me and Tommy were hanging out. And then my brother makes a joke because Tommy was like, you won't believe what your brother did. Talking about making these shirts. And then my brother was like. Oh, he said he supported the Buffalo shooter. And so I thought that was a joke about, you know, some bullshit. And I was laughing and uh, I was like, like, what is the Buffalo shooter? And he's like, oh, that dude that shot up all those black people inside that supermarket. And so I thought he was making a joke on me because, you know, my friend Tommy is black. So I thought he was just digging on me like that. You know, some shit like that. how we play. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that was a real thing, man. Like, I literally found out a day late. Like, literally a day late. I was like, holy crap. Like, that's crazy. So, shout out to all the families that survived and, you know, all the survivors of that incident, man. That's crazy. That kind of falls back to what we were speaking with when Josh was on the phone about how society has a lot of these kids growing up so stuck in certain ways because they're not out doing things. Yeah. And I don't know how his parents are or his upbringing. I can't speak on that. But to have a mindset to feel like one race is outpopulating another race. So you so have to take care I of I have to take care of You're playing God. Which, by the way, I also want to throw out statistically, that's like not true. There's it's a, not. <laughs> there's it's, still way more many white people than black people. So I don't know what the fuck it, he's talking it, about. It's not. But that's just how he viewed it, I guess, for whatever... Yeah, reason he decided to play God and go in there and do that, and that is just like I said, that's crazy. My condolence all out there to that because no, definitely that's. But it's so normal. It's crazy to have to say that, yeah. but it's so normal now that we look on the news and stuff like this is happening. Like you know, it's crazy. It's, you know, he you know he wrote like a manifesto or yeah, whatever where he was talking about, and that was like his first stop on like a long list of places he was yeah. gonna go to. But now, listen, man, I want to just say this real quick. Uh, talk about lazy. That motherfucker was so lazy. You know he plagiarized uh, other people's manifestos? Like he just copy and pasted shit that he was reading online. It wasn't even his original words. I'm like, so you have the energy to go do this supermarket shit, but you don't got they just do. the time to type some shit out, to type your, your own, own beliefs out. Your own yeah, your own beliefs. You about to do what you're going to do. But that's what's crazy, though. Bro. Again, he got into this echo chamber 
where he felt the world was unfair to him, quote unquote. And he's like, I'm going to meet other people that tell me shit I want to hear, not shit that I don't want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Let's be real. If he would just put that out into the general of Twitter or something like that, everybody would be like, bro, you're fucking nuts. Like, you're crazy. Don't do that shit. Instead, he went to these uh, dark recesses of the dark web where everybody was like, yeah, man, we hate black people. And yeah, black people are the problem and all this other crazy shit. So he just keeps only hearing yes, 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 yes. And and it's reinforcing crazy. You know what I'm saying? So you can't reinforce crazy, which is why we do not negotiate with two things here at Block Talk. Terrorists and women. We refuse. We don't negotiate with either. Not around here. Not around. Don't be looking away like that, man. We don't negotiate. I, I negotiate. I negotiate. Like, I tell my Why partner. Why are you so soft? Oh, no, I'm not soft. <laughs> you soft. Okay? I, I, I tell people this all the time. I'm down when they, you know, back in the day, bros, for hoes. I was all about it. <laughs> I was all, I was that new. Bro, bro. This is why you never answer my phone calls now. Now, bro, that was host for now I'm not for that. Okay? <laughs> I would. Man, listen. If my phone wasn't on Do Not Disturb right now and mine called, hey, I might be gone. Okay? Sure. I've been called worse. You right. Okay? By me. But yeah, by you. <laughs> my thing is, I'm not sexing you. I'm not spending my time. I'm not laid up in bed. So for me to be like, yeah, fuck this, da-da-da-da, and miss out on that, you're going to bed by yourself either way. I, I don't that's, want that's to. not true. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. you, you can call and but, you'll be in bed with somebody. Yeah. Me, I gotta go back and, and get, go home to get the, the cold shoulder, sleep yeah. on the cold side of the bed. <laughs> but not you're still in the bed though. On the cold side. That's all right though. Look, it's not good. This, and then that's, good. and that's when you pull a Josh Thomas. You just kiss on the choice. I get elbow. <laughs> I get Damn. elbow trying to be sweet. I'm not your friend. <laughs> It only works for Josh. Then. Yeah, it only works for Josh. Okay, Josh got the key. You don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't he, have Josh key. got the key. It only works for certain people because <laughs> I'm going down. It doesn't work for me like that. That's pretty funny, man. So, but, man, it's just, I don't know. Crazy world. Crazy world out here, y'all. I'd be like that, though, you know? Yep, yep, yep. But listen, man, we got big things though happening right now. Some men block productions, man. Yes. We're doing we're doing our thing though. Like I said, we got merch coming out. We've had two great guests on. We hope to have a bunch more guests. Yes. And I actually want to put something out there. So I know we don't have many female listeners. But if you're a female listener, and I know that you don't agree with a lot of the shit we say, so I want you to, you know, slide into my DMs real quick. And uh, let us know, though. Like, for real, if you were, if, listen, serious you inquiries ain't, You ain't got to slide only. in his DMs. You can do it on the YouTube channel, comment section. Yeah, sure, either one. I'll but listen, uh, serious inquiries only, though. I would like to have one or two women, so you don't feel like you're being ganged up on. I would actually like to have you on the podcast to discuss... The differences in views between men dating and women dating. Because I think it's just a fundamental breakdown of women literally do not date the same as men. No. You know what I'm saying? Nor should they. But I'm saying I just think that they have a disconnect to where, again, a lot of women don't know and or don't care about a male perspective of dating. Because they don't got to go through that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like for the most part, a lot of guys don't really give a fuck about how a woman dates. Because they're like, I'm not going to get that. I don't get free drinks at the club. That shit don't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think it's a fundamental breakdown. But I would love to talk to one or two women. If you could uh, hit us up whether on Instagram or on the YouTube. You know, whatever. Because I really would like to have a conversation with someone. Yeah, more guests. More guests. Yeah, more guests. We're going to have more great podcasts, man. And uh, so, unfortunately, update on the hold my nuts situation. Unfortunately, Chris Paul decided he didn't want to show up for five games. He wanted to be there physically, but he didn't want to play good. So now, uh, I think Golden State's definitely going to win the West because Dallas just got blowed out last night. Blowed out last night. 
like it was one eighteen to like eighty seven. It was terrible. One twelve to eighty seven. It was terrible. They went like fourteen for forty eight. Listen from the three point line. For one moment they were four for twenty seven. In in both games, the Miami game too. I don't know what happened in the third quarter to these uh, visiting teams, but domination on both home teams' part on Miami and Golden State, bro. That shit was white. Jimmy buckets. Listen, man. Okay. I don't know what it is. Jimmy Butler in the regular season is a star player. And then the playoffs come and he's superstar Jimmy Buckets. Bro, nobody plays like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. And they showed his say he had no 40-point games during the regular season. He had he has, five. He is going to fuck off right now. He had in five the in the playoffs. That is wild. That is just showing. He tell you, man, I don't give a fuck about my stats. He's like, I'm going to take over. Yeah, he's in Wow, I scored 40, okay? If I score 40 and lose, y'all going to talk about my loss. Y'all ain't going to praise me for my points. But now I win with 40. It's all about the points. No, it's all about the win. I'm here to win. Now, I also want to throw this out there. Just a little little asterisk. Play a little devil's advocate right here. There was no Marcus Smart and no Al Horford. So that that is, that does make a difference. Defensive player of the year and one of the top defensive players also in Al Horford. Yeah, now Dallas, everyone was there. You have no excuse. You, You sucked it up. Luca, you played like shit. I ain't see you really? laughing. You, you really all played like shit. But I ain't see you laughing every bro. shot this time, Luca. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay, they were just acting like Ooh. asses. Listen, Wiggins. Wiggins was acting a fool. Look, Steph was basically just shimmying all the way down the court. And then Draymond yelling at the sidelines, getting everybody hyped up, bro. Which, I mean, listen, definitely deserved. I ain't gonna lie. We on block talk, but they had a block party last night, man. <laughs> they was on it. They was God on damn, it. they was throwing shit to the... Fans. Yeah, but I listen, we, we, we still want to have a hold my nuts section, but I don't believe in either one of these teams. So, uh, this is my thing. For, for the finals, we will make a hold my nuts bet when we actually find out who the teams are. And then that way, like I said, y'all can see hold my nuts, uh, hopefully within the make, month. We can make one going into the finals. No, because see, this is the thing, right? Because again, I really believed in the Suns and they let me down. Okay, who, so instead, who, who, I'd rather make a for sure hold my nuts of who we know is going to be there. I know who's going to be there. It, Golden State, Dallas is not going to win. Dallas is not like I said, I have Dallas winning maybe one game. Yeah. If that. I mean, I told you that. You said you had to go in six. I was like, it might go five. It might. Because if, if Luka and them don't get it together, they might fuck around. The only reason trash. I say it go six is it go 3-1. Yeah. Golden State give another game. I don't think I so. say go 3 0. No, I say go 2 0. Definitely 2 0. Dallas wins. It goes 3 1. Then Dallas wins again and they clean it out. Games. I don't have Dallas winning two home games. I got them winning one. I, I, I give them one home game and a lucky steal. Ah, maybe. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so I have Golden State on that end. And then again, Giannis Antetokounmpo, still, you did amazing. 25, uh, 25 20 and 9. Fucking incredible. You did all that you literally could. No one else showed up to play. It was almost 1v5. No Chris Middleton. No Middleton. So, that, unfortunately, that they, got, they got routed by a, honestly, better Celtics team. Yeah. Because their team is way better than Giannis Antetokounmpo by himself. They, and I, I told you this. He did great first half. Second yeah. half, it seemed like the Celtics came out and planned just for him. Like, yeah, let's see what he do first half, and then we're going to plan around that. And they came out and made it so tough on Giannis, and nobody else 
was able to contribute. Bro, no one else was shooting. No one else could get a layup. No one else doing shit. No assist. It's terrible, dude. That's what I said. He got 25, 20 rebounds by himself on his team. That's ridiculous. But also, I think that the series will be different with Miami with Al Horford and Marcus Smart back. I mean, that's yeah. defensive player of the fucking year that you're missing. You know what I mean? Which, let's be honest, that makes a big fucking difference. And he's supposed to be guarding Jimmy. That's what I'm saying, bro. Jimmy went off for 40. Can he do that if Marcus Smart is there? I don't think he gets no 40. Then, Jimmy going to uh, get his points, but he ain't going to get no 40. Uh, uh, what's his name? A Bayou? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Baye? Yeah, Arboya, whatever Arboya for Miami. He, he going he gonna to have to fight with uh, Horford. Oh, Horford, yeah. Like so I said, it, it, he it's had a, a whole great competition. Game. He had a great game that day. Yeah. But now you got Horford, when he come back, and they depressed laugh like, you was lucky. You know, you didn't have Horford in there today. He smiled and chuckled. But what you going to do when he come back? Yeah. Jimmy, what are you going to do? When Marcus Smart is back, guarding you. That's a whole... Now, listen, I, I definitely think Miami's a good team. I, again, depending on Al Horford and Marcus Smart come back, bro, that's really going to make all the difference inside that but, series. I, because if you go down, let's say 3-0, and then they come back, well, now it's kind of late. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's too late now. That's like, that's like when, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn, they were praying... On fucking Ben Simmons yeah, coming right. in to save them when you got down 3-0, bro. Yep. You can't expect a, a Jesus to show up and save you, bro. Like, you already fucked it up. No. Kyrie and, uh, KD and Kyrie voted the most dynamic duo currently playing right now. Couldn't win one fucking game, bro. Not one. And I mean, it is what it is, though. You know what I'm saying? But there, there will be a hold my nuts when we find out who is in the finals. Because somebody gonna hold some nuts around block talk. I tell you that right now. Right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whether it has to be me or not. It's, it's gonna be him. Yeah, I doubt it. But like I said, I, I want to see what's up though. I definitely want to see what's up, and that will happen. So don't worry. Like I said, we do got merch. You want some merch, man? Hit me up on Instagram. We'll talk about prices and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, hopefully next week we also have some surprise news coming. It does involve some drip, not drizzle, and uh, we will make an announcement. Y'all will see what's up. Hopefully next week. Hopefully, man. But, hopefully come out. I know y'all seeing him keeping his damn th- uh, pinky up. First off, my pinky's broken. Okay, oh, it bad. don't I go forgot. down. I forgot. It I don't forgot. go down. Damn, my pinky don't go down. So listen, my pinky's broken. I used to be real self conscious about it until your boy got the drip. You know what I'm saying? Now y'all can't see it from over there, but just keep a lookout on the Instagram and you gonna see because we drip, not drizzle out here on Block Talk. I know right now we kind of dressed a little different. I just got out the shower. I had a long day at work. We ain't gonna get into that. Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, that also. Anyway. Uh, once again, man, we're going to wrap up this show. This was going to be a little bit shorter because, like I said, we did have a special guest. Uh, again, shout out to Josh Thomas, man. Shout out, shout out. Uh, man. We'll drop his Instagram inside the link in Spotify and on YouTube if you want to go ahead and give him a follow. Uh, he's got his LinkedIn tree there with access to his book, his podcast, all that stuff. Great guest, and we appreciate him so much for coming on to Block Talk. Shout out, man. Nacho. And uh, with that, guys, we will see you all next week.